Welcome to PDPW's podcast. Here's Bill Baker. Welcome to this week's PDPW podcast, where we're joined by servant leadership trainer Tom Thibodeau, who shares today what we've all gone through at least sometime in our life, and that is the experience of loneliness. Well, Bill, it's always good talking with you and with all of our listeners who join in in different parts of the country. And today I'd like to talk about a universal experience that's oftentimes difficult to talk about, and so therefore we avoid it. But it is so critical to our lives, to the people that we love and the people that we work with. And that experience is one of loneliness. You can remember back to the Beatles song, Eleanor Rigby. All the lonely people, where do they come from? All the lonely people, where do they come from? Let's also understand that a number of people did not have anybody around a Thanksgiving table or people to share presents with. There's a tremendous amount of loneliness in our country, in our world, and it was only amplified by the experience of COVID. And it seems to be that something that could possibly happen again when we start to talk about lockdowns and isolation, uh, being cut off from the people that we love or the people that we work with. The experience of loneliness psychologist Clark Moustakis wrote is this, loneliness is a feeling that I have nothing to offer. And of course, when I feel isolated, when I feel unemployed, when I feel that I'm not doing anything meaningful with other people, it's that powerful understanding that I have nothing to offer. Therefore, I can be lonely when I'm surrounded by a crowd of people. I feel like I have nothing to offer of myself. No one's taking account in terms of my gifts, my abilities, my talent. Loneliness is a subjective feeling of uh, isolation and distance from other human beings. And it is substantial in so many ways, in which we feel stranded or abandoned, cut off from other people that we might belong to. What's missing if when you're lonely is the feeling of closeness and trust. You're missing the affection of genuine friends and community. Researchers have identified three different dimensions of loneliness. One is intimate or emotional loneliness, which is a longing for an intimate partner, somebody that we can share a mutual affection and trust. A second kind of loneliness is relational loneliness, social loneliness, is a yearning for quality friendships and social companionship and support. And finally, collective loneliness, a hunger for a network or a community of people who share a sense of purpose and interest. And what we see happening is that if any one of those three are present, it adds to all of our lives. So people that are are married can be cut off from their community, can be cut off from their loved ones, can be cut off from other friends, and that's what's happened. It's not that we needed social distance. What we needed to stop the virus was physical distance. We still have a great need to be in relationship with each other, and yet we realize that so many people are not. Uh, In recent studies, it's been shown that uh, one out of every five people, when they come to see their doctor, it's not about any kind of physical health. It's an understanding of loneliness. Uh, If you're terribly lonely and you have no one to talk to, but you're signed up for Medicare or have health insurance, the one person that you are sure of that's going to talk with you is going to be your health care provider, someone who's going to ask you who you are, talk to you about what's important in your life and what ailments that you might have. And we begin to recognize recognize that loneliness is underlying to so much of our own individual health. In fact, what we understand right now is that friendship and relationships are probably as much or more important to our health 
than diet and exercise. We spend so much time talking about our health and well-being in terms of diet and exercise, but it's the importance of friendship in our lives, the importance of belonging to a community that really is extraordinarily important to our health and well-being as persons. In fact, uh, one of the researchers, uh, Dr. Holtz from uh, Minneapolis, I believe, was able to identify that experiencing loneliness on a regular basis has the same effect as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Experiencing loneliness on a regular basis has the same detrimental effects on our health as obesity or alcohol use. And you begin to recognize that when you are with healthy people, you feel healthier yourself, but how many people feel cut off? Interesting to note that Facebook kind of picked up on this years ago when they started to talk about friends and friend requests. You can't have 526 friends. All of us know that that's impossible. In fact, if you are, you know, as an adult in this country, if you have four good friends, you are very, very fortunate. If you have four good friends, by the way, you're 50% less likely of having a serious heart attack. If you have four good friends, what you oftentimes do is you mimic in terms of their, their own healthy beliefs, the ways in which they eat, the ways in which they exercise, the ways in which they interact with other people. Friends do that for us. The power of friendship includes relationships in the workplace. Gallup organization for many years has asked people, do you have a good friend at work? And those people who admit to having a good friend at work are 50% more likely to be dedicated to the mission and have a deeper sense of loyalty to the organization. If you have a good friend at work, your health and safety records are much higher. Why? A good friend always has your back, looking out to you, wants you to be health and safe in the workplace. When we talk to people who are in agriculture, it can be very dangerous at this time. What is it that prevents you from getting into trouble? Well, it's a good friend who works side by side, who's committed to your growth and development as a person who's concerned about your physical health and well-being. How important and significant this is. What we find in terms of our studies of marriage, the marriages that last the longest are most vital are the marriages in which people are very good friends with each other. In fact, Duke University did a study in which people came into the emergency room and they asked them about the levels of friendship in their, in their marriages. And those people who had high level of friendship in their marriages recovered at a much faster time. A friendship builds up our immune system. So there what happens is this. If I'm lonely, if I'm isolated, if I'm separated and I'm abandoned, well, I'm that much more susceptible to disease and other forms of malady. We even understand this in terms of children. If you have a friend at school, you are much less likely of being bullied. Who are the children that are bullied? The Children that feel isolated and alone become an easy target for the anger of others. Those who live on the margins, those who live without anyone to defend them or stand by them, are oftentimes those people who feel most vulnerable. How important this is then to recognize that part of our own social fabric is how do we begin to bridge the divide? How is it that we begin to invest ourselves in relationships that are healthy? Because all of us have a hunger for relationship. Bernard Cook said this, all of us need people to belong to, knowing that being with them is coming home. 
All of us need people to belong to, knowing that being with them is coming home. How many people have a house, but it's not a home because they feel isolated? No one comes to visit. They do not know their neighbors or are not part of a community that gathers together. This is significant, and we must pay attention to it as much as we pay attention to any other health issue as ways in which you pay attention to what happens in terms of schools. What happens is that I have a good friend in school setting, in the educational system. One is I'm going to learn more. Why? Because it's fun to be in part of a learning situation. So you begin to recognize that across our life, we have to bridge that gap. We can't bridge it unless we face it. There is so many people who do feel isolated and alone. Now, what is it that we might do to build up a sense of community? Well, four things that I would suggest that I got from Vitek Murphy, who is our current Surgeon General, has written a marvelous book called Together. When he began to study the epidemic facing the Surgeon General, as he went and had listening sessions, over and over again, the theme of loneliness came up in communities. People didn't talk about disease or malady as much as they talked about feeling lonely or alone. And so what happens, he began to recognize it, and that the pandemic has just amplified what we've always known. We are strongly independent as Americans. We have very strong belief in individual rights. And yet, in the history of human beings, interdependence, community, becomes that much more important. Uh, not competition, but collaboration. We, our lives are both sacred and social. So here are four lessons that all of us might take here as we think about our lives. Sometimes being distant from others, cut off from others, but here is what we can do. Number one, spend time each day with the people you love. This is not people that are just in your own household. These are people in your community, people that you have a deep sense of respect and affection for. Devote at least 15 minutes each day to connecting with those that you most care about. Extraordinary the amount of time that people spend on their cell phones. People, we even call it now dumb scrolling, the waste of time going through Facebook posts that you have no interest in and, of course, contribute nothing positive to your own life other than an occasional laugh or a sense of self-righteousness. But what is it that contributes to our health and well-being as human beings? It's the people that we love. To devote at least 15 minutes each day connecting with those that you most care about. What would happen is that in this country, every child would have 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day of affection and acceptance from an adult in their life who cared about them and loved them deeply. Isn't that the role of grandparents? And why should the role of grandparents be relegated only to holidays? How about each and every day being involved in the lives of other people? Each of us know people in our own community who have been uh, widowed or divorced. People all are aware of new people who come to our community to reach out and just to spend time with them, 15 minutes a day in the company of another person. Second, to focus on each other, to avoid the levels of distraction. When I listen to somebody else, it is the greatest gift I give to another human being. Giving our attention to another human being is a great act of love, and how difficult that is. The average attention span of the average American is nine seconds. 
the average attention span, the average goldfish, is 12 seconds. We are so easily distracted. Forget about multitasking. Forget about getting things done. Forget about screen time when you're on conversation with another person. Give another person 100% of your attention. Harvard University did a study, and on that study, they had people use their smartphones, and every once in a while, in the course of a day, randomly, they would be contacted and with a text messages, what are you doing right now, and what are you thinking about right now? What are you doing right now? What are you thinking about right now? And what they found is that people who responded 57% of the time were thinking about something different than what they were doing. 57% of the time, they were not paying attention to what they were doing. They were focusing on something else. The conclusion is a wandering mind, a distracted mind, is an unhappy mind because you are not connected. How important that is just to be able to focus. Focus on the person that we encounter each and every day, whether that be a coworker in their conversation, whether that be a clerk at the grocery store, but most importantly, focus on the people that we know and love and are committed to. Third, in order to understand relationships with others, we must understand the relationship we have with ourselves. The ability to embrace solitude. The first step towards building stronger connections with others is to build a stronger connection with oneself. Solitude helps us to do that by allowing us to check in with our own feelings and thoughts, explore our own creativity. Meditation, prayer, music, art, time spent outdoors can be sources of solitary comfort and joy. The ability to wake up early in the morning and watch the sun rise to be able to step out onto your porch and look at the beautiful stars in the sky in the evening. The ability to be comfortable with oneself isn't extraordinary. When we are growing up, we spend a lot of time socializing with our friends, but as we get older, we spend more and more time alone. To move from an isolation to an understanding in terms of solitude, to embrace the quiet, to understand ourselves, that we too have something to offer other human beings. And finally, one way in which to build community, to restore ourselves to a sense of connectedness with each other is to help and to be helped. Service is love made visible. Service is a form of human connection and reminds us of our value and purpose in living. Giving and receiving both strengthen our social bonds but it also strengthens ourselves, checking in on our neighbors, seeking out advice from others, offering a smile to a stranger, welcoming somebody that we have never met before, extending hospitality to the people that we love and the people that are unknown to us. How important this is for our own well-being and connection as human beings. Isn't it interesting, as people have traveled across this great country probably 100 years ago with no such things as cell phones and telephone wires, which is coming into, into being, people had to rely upon the goodness of strangers. They had to rely upon the humanity of other people just to survive. Well, isn't that the case these days? So many people living alone. 
number of American, adult Americans now has increased in terms of people who are living alone for longer periods of time. Children, since the invention of the cell phone, are spending 25% less time with their friends engaged in social activities, thinking that you can make it up virtually. Isn't it extraordinary? Things may be changing technologically, but humanly, we need each other. It's part of the human condition. Loneliness, feeling that I have nothing to offer. Service reminds me I always have something to offer. Wherever we go, we understand the lonely crowd, yet one connection can fill that void. And finally, loneliness is overcome by the experience of community. Community is where we stand shoulder to shoulder and see is how is it that we can broaden the circle. Uh, in lacrosse community this last Thanksgiving, marvelous understandings of community. One, on Thanksgiving Day, over 4,000 people were fed at our local civic center. 4,000 people coming for meals. Oftentimes people who are elderly, people who were oftentimes alone, came together in community where community members came out and gave up their Thanksgiving day with their families only to prepare meals and serve other members of the community. Music was heard, stories were shared, and everyone walked out of that center not only full, but fulfilled. How extraordinary that is. In La Crosse, we have what's called Rotary Lights. Down along the Mississippi River and Riverside Park, the Rotary Club 27 years ago decided to uh, put up Christmas lights in the park. That first year, they had about 50,000 lights in the park, and people drove through and dropped off canned goods. They still drive through and drop off canned goods, but now there's over 3 million lights and 33 hundred volunteers from a community of 50,000, 3,300 volunteers who each and every night from Thanksgiving through New Year's are there standing out in the cold, receiving canned goods and cash donations from members of our community. The community comes together, celebrating the season, not alone, but as a community now, we'll provide over 400,000 different canned goods that fill all the food pantries in our community for the next three months. The importance of being in a community overcomes our feeling of loneliness. Maybe that's what's at the heart of the division in our communities any longer. Maybe it's not politics. Maybe it's we just don't know each other. We don't spend enough time talking with each other. We don't spend enough time joining with each other for a good that's greater than ourselves. Loneliness is there, but we have ways in which to overcome it, embrace it, and celebrate our lives together. I think this is worth thinking about all times of the year. Who do you need to contact? Who do you need to invite in? Who do you need to have coffee with? Who do you need to spend 15 minutes of uninterrupted time with? The greatest gift you give to another person is 100% of your attention. Thank you all for your kindness and attention. Thank you so very much. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. 
And for archived podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.